0: Hey, listeners, welcome to the Ad Intellect podcast. Today, we have with us the amazing Path Kohil to talk all things operations. Path completed his MBA in 2015 and since then has worked with multiple high growth startups, helping them scale operations, manage key accounts, and projects to drive operational efficiency. In this episode, he shares his valuable learnings during his incredible seven year run in operations through various anecdotes and personal stories. So, without further ado, let's jump straight on the show. Hey, Path. Welcome to Ad Intellect. It's great to have you on the show.
1: Thank you, Kinshok. It's great to have you here and I really look forward for this conversation.
0: Yep. Uh, Same here, same here. I think when I was preparing for this podcast, there were so many questions which were cropping up in my mind. So... I was thinking, what's what's a good way to you know put all these into in, into a context which really results in a fluent conversation. So, I would I would start with with your journey first, and then I'll build up on you know your experience and and uh, certain startup related questions that I have. So, mm-hmm. uh, basically, when we are when we are having conversation, I think months back, you mentioned that you grew up in Bhavnagar, right? Right. um so it's like a three hour three four hour journey from Ahmedabad um right. yeah and so I was I was just curious because um I've heard a lot about Ahmedabad and and Bhavnagar, although I've never yeah. been there but what was growing up in Bhavnagar like and what were the things that you liked about living there uh if you have some early me- memories feel free to share
1: right so, uh, you know, Baunagar uh, in a, as a city, you know, in its nature is very, you know, a, a silent city. You know, mm-hmm. typically it's a, it's a retired, post retired life city. Uh, but growing up, it has been a lot of fun. So, uh, if I start with my school days, it has been always, you know, uh, studying plus fun, right? It has never been only study, 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 or only fun, fun, fun that way, right? Mm-hmm. And throughout my school days, uh, I have been an average st- uh, student. Okay. So when I, when I say as an average student, I always used to have this line in my mind that, you know, being an average student, you neither have the fear of failure, uh, mm-hmm. nor the you know pressure to perform, right? So you okay. do somewhere around, uh, you know, 70 to 75 percentage, which has always been the same way. Mm-hmm. And that's how, you know, there are no hard questions coming on. you we like, you know, why did you do uh, bad in this particular area or stuff like that, right? Because even if you were done bad in one particular subject, you have caught up in another subject. And that's where, you know, the average sets right there right uh, also Paunagar uh, uh, as a city we have a you know good coastal area mm-hmm. and uh, once i went to my high school uh, which was you know separate from my primary school mm-hmm. though the school was the same uh, the coastal area was quite uh, you know nearby that area right it was hardly 18 to 20 kilometers so mm-hmm. from 9th 10th 11th 12th you know um, as and when you know we used to get time we used to go there uh, play you know footballs or just you know roam around that coastal area right mm-hmm. and from that angle it, it it gave a lot of you know learnings for us uh, when I say learnings it like you know in a day starting we used to have some uh, le- lectures and then you obviously used to bunk one or two here and there mm-hmm. but then we used to go and play and that dimensions helped us me a lot later in my life right when when it was only about you know focusing on work but also realizing that you know, other things in life are important and you need to equally have a focus around that particular, you know, whatever you like. It can be, you know, reading or it can be playing or any just another entertainment as well. So this has been there with me starting from the beginning. And, and uh, also one of the other things that has been closely stayed with me was uh, during my uh, you know childhood days, I have uh, mostly studied with my parents. So okay. until 9th standard, I never went to tuition classes, right? i mean it okay. was in 9th standard that i first went on uh, the later half of 9th standard until then it was mostly taught by my mom and dad where you know it was equally divided uh, three subjects by my mom and three by, by dad so that also helped me you know uh, uh, you know gradually learn a lot of things right because when you are when you are learning at home it can be at any time right and it gives you that flexibility also right okay. so uh, and the most important part which i liked uh, i was in a convent school right so mm-hmm. we had a good emphasis on moral science, something that, you know, I feel it's a very underrated because mm-hmm. it gives you a lot of perspectives in life to you know how to be and what to do in life, right? And mm-hmm. at that point of time, uh, we hardly, you know, felt the value. But now, you know, I, I, I really understand the value which, you know, we have been taught. Uh, and yeah, that's more about my school days.
0: Great, great. No, I think, I think it's an interesting uh, journey i really like the notion that if you're an average student you don't have the pressure to perform nor the fear of failing fear of failing, uh, right yeah right. i think uh the i think it, it's it's very true to some extent um right. yeah so that's that's a good way to put uh, put it um great um cool so uh let's fast forward to your university days so you you, you A bit of your background is that you did your BCom and then your MBA. Um, And then post your MBA, you started your first job, I think somewhere around 2015 with Grofers, right? Which was an up and coming um, Indian online grocery delivery service. I'm not sure if they were the first grocery, like that startup sort of grocery uh, delivery service or not. But I I remember back in the day, I think there was one of the few uh, who, who were there. Uh, within right. the, the delivery game initially, um, mm-hmm. so Yuran, uh, you started as an assistant operations manager, um, right? And then I think it, if I remember it correctly, around that time, Grofers because the the whole online delivery uh, mm-hmm. scene was a bit new to to India, right. and Grofers would definitely have been in a growth and expansion stage in Ahmedabad. So, how was it like to join a high growth company straight out of college? And before you answer this, um, why, like, if, if I may ask, like, why did you have straight out of college, you wanted to go into a startup rather than, you know, a well established company?
1: Right. So uh, you know, even if before I uh, go to the point of my MBA days, uh, let me just you know uh, bring it slightly back towards my you know post uh, 12 standard days. So mm-hmm. I had initially uh, you know applied for the CA entrance right because I was doing good in accountancy though I uh, I didn't like the maths part during my school days, but accountancy was something that you know I was really interested in. So I did give an entrance uh, exam. I didn't make it, and then it was a very you know uh, a clear decision. Okay. I, I don't want to do C anymore, right? Mm-hmm. So then I did BCOM. <clears throat> but still, as I said, since accountants was accounts was my favorite subject, I did uh, you know become uh, in my finance as a major, right? Uh, and that I did in my hometown itself. So again, a very you know sort of chill out days for the three years. Uh, it was then when I decided to move to Hyderabad to do my uh, you know masters. So when I went to Ahmedabad, uh, from that point of view, it was clear that uh, uh, in in my MBA days I was going to uh, sort of have marketing as my, uh, you know, masters, uh, something that, you know, uh, by that time I started, started, you know, uh, consuming internet a lot, uh, you know, following up different startups and all, uh, even actively participating in the, uh, you know, Ahmedabad startup ecosystem. It was not much at the scale. But yes, definitely there were uh, you know a few groups who was very highly active and doing a lot in terms of you know promoting or uh, you know supporting the Indian uh, the M. W. Startups and the Indian startups scene overall, right? So uh, uh, during my second years when there was uh, you know uh, the the whole planning was going around placements, uh, what I found was there was no companies which was you know sort of startup companies. The companies which were, you know so uh, interested in uh, giving placements were mostly established companies right on the lines of banking sector and you know fmcg and uh, other sectors so i had clearly opted out uh, from the placement uh, you know uh, the drive that they had uh, organized uh, it, it usually happens two three times uh, in in the later semester in the fourth semester uh, and post that uh, i used to you know and, and during around that time also i was highly active on twitter so I was going through one of the t- tweets from uh, Grofers. Uh, someone else had tweeted something, so I, re- you know, replied to that. If there is any opportunity, uh, I had got a reply from them uh, stating that you know you can you know reach out to us through this email. I dropped an email. I did it. Uh, I said two or three times of follow-ups, and then on one fine day, I was, uh, uh, you know, I was being called uh, called to their Ahmedabad office. Uh, Around the same time, you know, I was I was uh, really focusing around the e-commerce industries, right? I used to run a blog also at that point of time uh, about how this whole sector was, you know, in this in its growth phase. And Grow first, uh, was on the same line, right? As you rightly said, it was not the first one, but one of the first ones uh, to, you know, really uh, expand into various cities. And Amnad was one of the cities. So when I went to their office, uh, it was hardly of you know five or the sixth day of their expansion uh, where they were you know preparing to launch uh, so um, the, my first day looked somewhere like you know I, in the morning i showed up with the documents uh, uh, i sat there with the you know hiring manager uh, it it was great from my side uh, whatever salary they would be offering me I, I was going to take it because my approach was to you know to have a customer facing role or you know operational role where I can gather insights uh, about what's actually happening in the industry, right? And I was I was ready to take uh, any sort of work that I could get it, uh, only to be in this industry, which is you know very a in a very growth phase, and b it's a very you know uh, uh, around it revolves around the customer, right? The demands, the nature of how what people want and everything. Yeah. so as soon as i as i uh, right from the you know time when i mailed them it was clear if they are offering me i'm going to join them regardless of the you know salary structure and everything right mm-hmm. so and i would be very frank it was quite low compared to what i could have got during my placement days but uh, but i wanted to focus on the customer centricity part uh, you know and and i said yes so one of the things that i was asked like you know you can uh you need to join tomorrow because you are in this launch phase i said why tomorrow so said no no it's very urgent so i said i am ready to join today as well and, and on that day itself i stayed back over there and that was my first day itself right i showed oh. up at around 9:30 and by 11 i started uh, you know i had my you know legal documents which is you know pan and other and everything mm-hmm. so i stayed i submitted them and that was my first day itself from there
0: okay that's great yeah. that's great awesome uh, i i think that's great um i i also have like if I remember it correctly, I did appear for an interview with Gophers back in my university days when I was in my final year of engineering. And mm-hmm. I remember going to their Gurgaon office because uh, I was based right. in Gurgaon. Um, uh, unfortunately, that uh, interview didn't really turn out uh, to be well, but right. uh, I think mm-hmm. I had, I had this similar thought process, um, uh, to go towards a customer facing role um surprisingly months after amazon came and uh, i got an opportunity to uh, interview with them and fortunately mm-hmm. i got got selected and um the role uh, basically as you said right like you were you were uh you focused on the role and uh, because it was customer facing and you were able, you were ready to give away a chunk of the salary which you could have got somewhere else probably right. a higher number i think it was the same for me because when i joined amazon like the i probably joined and at, at a salary which was lower than the mean salary at that point of time at least for okay. my batch but i knew that the learning that i would get there would definitely uh, you know Pay returns in the long term, which which actually happened, um, right? And I was I was able to bank upon that to you know uh, get get better opportunities after that, like a couple of years after that. So uh, mm-hmm. I I think I think that's that's a, that's a great notion. A lot of people, um, I think there's uh, a lot of you, you know really young folks who are just out of college. Uh, did this, do this mistake in in a, in a sense that they chase for a company which has which is offering the highest salary, right. um, But I think it's a wrong approach, uh, especially in your earlier years of uh, uh, you know of your career, to really focus right. on uh, the things that that you're really interesting in, which really excite you rather than you know you know the salary number,
1: right? Um, and I, I know it's more of a notion also, right? You know, in the early days, you don't have that you know that family. Uh, expenses i mean uh, i do agree some uh, students might be having it mm-hmm. but if if you have the privilege right in the early days it's the you know most um, right time to take such opportunities obviously the you know the as you as you grow older you the chances of you know you taking more chances narrows down right yeah so so that that's something you know it, it completely boils down again to an individual but if if uh, if you have that privilege to do it uh, take it right and I, I, I would, you know, uh, it was a very short journey to be very frank with Grofers uh, for some other reasons, but during that short journey also, I would say, you know, I still, you know, miss those learnings, right? That if, if, if given a chance, uh, I would still take that learning one more time, right? That was the time that I used to give. So just to give a brief uh, idea, so back in the days, uh, Grofers uh, operated on a hyperlocal model, something like, you know, uh, we had different stations in one particular city, right? So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, f- uh, if if an order is been uh, you know uh, created by a customer, it would be created from a nearby uh, station. We they used to call it as a station, not a hub, right? Okay. So, my, my uh, the first day I was uh, the second day. The first day, my went in the head office. From the second day onwards, uh, I was being told to you know uh, show up on one particular station, uh, which they had planned to you know uh, get it live within uh, uh, the eight or ten day, right? and uh, and it, it started right from the you know the very basic perk like you know getting the internet done hiring the delivery guys uh, training them uh, you know uh and, and various other stuff right so uh, i was very good at doing it uh, i liked doing it so within three or four days we got it live uh, instead of you know the original deadline of nine days and from there my role slightly they gave me a slightly different role which was now only about the you know launching so from there i used to go to a different uh, area I used to, you know, take one or two uh, experienced delivery guys who has already started procuring the orders, along with the one or two packers and one or two supervisors. We would go to a new new area. We would again, uh, and and it was again about hiring. I mean, looking at the, uh, you know, checking the places also, right? You know, uh, renting a place, doing an agreement, all sort of work, right. You know, uh, setting, you know, getting the inventory, then you know again training the new folks. Mm-hmm. yeah uh, you know setting up everything making sure the this particular area is now live on the uh you know map and then yeah. moving to a different area right okay. so uh in all i would say that perspective of you know working closely with this uh you know uh on ground people which is you know the uh delivery agents and the you know supervisors it's mm-hmm. uh, it's a very learning right because all of them are different in nature right and you have to treat in a different approach to each one of them right mm-hmm. you need to be polite with them yet you need to be very strict with them and that's yeah. you know the you need to find the right set of balance to manage them so uh, i used to somewhere go around you know 8 39 because by the time we had to get this you know because it was uh, you know aggressive in the uh, f- uh, fruits and vegetable segment as well right along with grocery yeah. so we had to do this procurement uh, everything used to show up around at eight uh, o'clock we used to do you know packing uh, for some vegetables which you have to do some sort of you know a specialist packing mm-hmm. and uh, after i would close my particular station at around uh, you know 10 o'clock i used to then go to my head office because one thing i was keen on learning was you know the uh, back-end numbers like you know total number of orders what our unit economics is how we are performing which station is performing in, on which level and all right so that was not something under my my KRA, but I wanted to learn that. So after 10 o'clock, I I used to show up at the head office, you know, and I had a very good uh, area manager who was very supportive, uh, who, you know, taught me a lot, right? He came from a very hardcore operational background mm-hmm. and that learning, uh, you know, the extra hours that I showed up every day, it gave me an immense learning in my later part of my life, right? When I had to deal with a different sort of customers mm-hmm. or a different sort of people or manage them.
0: Great, great. I think that's an interesting story. Um, uh, I think you put a lot, a lot of hours, and because you're you're young, and as you said, you don't have too, too many responsibilities. I right. Think it's possible for you to you know, uh, give right all that you have to to your first and second job, and then you can actually utilize those learnings later to to grow within your career. I think I think that's a great example. Uh, thanks for sharing okay. it in detail. Um. So now you have like nearly seven years of uh, work experience in managerial roles, mostly revolving around operations, which are mostly customer facing. Um, Can you share like three key lessons that you've learned in these years when it comes to driving operational excellence?
1: Right. So the first one I would say is uh, like you know, set the processes right. Since my first role was all about operations, uh, it has helped in the other role also that I took up, uh, you know, in the later part of my life. So when I say about processes, right, I would just give a very small example. Right now, the e-commerce industries uh, are, you know, heavily relied on tech, and everything is done, uh, you know, uh, through tech, right? Mm-hmm. Back in the days in fifteen, uh, we did had a tech, but it was not much uh, at, at the ground level. So. For example, when, uh, you know, in the initial days we had these, you know, this uh, delivery agents who used to show up to our office, we used to mark their kilometers uh, and at the end of the day, we used to mark their out kilometers and that's how the payout used to done, right? So this was a normal process, right? But then we thought, okay, doing this, we are doing two things. One is, you know, we are paying out more for this, uh, you know, uh, for this kilometers from where, you know, this uh, agents, they're coming from their home to the office, right? and it is you know taking time also right mm-hmm. so though we don't have a tech uh, you know a, a, a real tech in place still we can leverage uh, a process right so what we did is we set a simple whatsapp group we told them uh, we give them you the freedom to you know start when you want just when you start uh, click a picture of your you know kilometers of your bike post mm-hmm. in this group and the, and you don't have to even you know post the time right because the time that they post the picture uh you know it's the time that we mark their attendance right yeah. so a we, we, you know, closed up uh, each and every, you know, delivery agent used to come uh, around, you know, eight kilometers or 10 kilometers from a distance from their home, right? So it was a very small saving, but in a right way, right? And B you know, we, we you know, we saved a lot of time, right? So right from if, if they're starting at nine o'clock, at that point, we could start, you know, catering the orders, right? So that was a very huge win for us. So it's a very small process, but, but as I said, you know, you need to win on small processes. And that's you know helped us a lot in the long run. So one of the feedback that you know the these people itself gave us like so this was the things which we uh, you know found it on the metric side, but it's beyond in you know in work it's beyond metric also right. So this uh, this agents came to us and saying that you know this is the best thing that someone has you know thought for us, right? Saying that okay you don't need to come to office just to mark the attendance right. Mm-hmm. You can uh, you can you know start from your home um because they they can quickly capture a photo of their kilometers and and we used to maintain you know various <clears throat> data sheets right where we can process and there was no you know discrepancy where they question about why this has been this way or why this was low or high right because it was very clear right so as i said even we even though we did not have a right tech in place but we did a right process and that has helped me in my later part also so right now also if if i'm setting up anything a bit, you know the internal sops I would strictly focusing on on the how the process would be right. Mm-hmm. So that's one of my key learnings. The other one, which I already covered it slightly in this first point, which is you know, small touch points, right? So when you when you, when you when you focus on the small touch points, you can you know build small stories, and that builds up a big story, right? So as I said, <clears throat> when we you know took this point of you know uh, driving this particular attendance system in this way one one key benefits that we kept on getting is we got is instead of you know having a backup uh, you know force we we could have done it you know in a, in, a, in a in a small uh, you know manpower as well right so what this meant is we had to keep up uh, because it, as you uh, you know mentioned at the start of this call that you know it was in a high growth phase right so we had to keep this 2025 a percentage of uh people as a backup people right mm-hmm. because back in the days it was very you know sort of a new thing like online grocery people would just order it for just checking okay what's it so we never had a actual realistic you know forecast of what uh they think could have been like the number of orders are we did do a you know basic forecast okay this can be the uh, you know average uh, orders on this day on weekends and all but still we had to do this 25% of this primarily because a we used to call them every day to our different stations as i said it was on a station based model mm-hmm. uh, if it's an you know inventory based model things are quite similar right like you can call everyone to one particular area and things are easy but since it was on op, uh, you know you know station based model it was becoming a very chaos and that's where this particular process helped us a lot so that small like this all small touch points helped us uh, you know uh, you know build big stories and on the, build, you know, on the on the on uh, the pillars of this big stories, uh, we did a good uh, you know, achievement on the you know unit economics and various of the metrics. So uh, today also, if if internally numbers you know reaches out to me about you know uh, of some pain points, I mm-hmm. try to you know break that pain points into you know, into a smaller you know a pain point. right and start from from point A right. In the in the beginning, it won't you know it won't um, show much of a difference, but It helps you to, A, do things quickly, right? Because otherwise, you know, what happens is, you know, sometimes you get bogged down by the nature of its task, right? So that's why, you know, I always focus on small touch points. Okay, if it is a big pain area, let's break it down and start with A. And then we can, you know, gradually do it, you know, step by step.
0: Got it. Just just for the uh, better understanding of the audience and and myself as well, um, can you quickly um, articulate the difference between what you mentioned earlier like uh a station-based model in in grocery delivery and um uh, uh the other one was inventory-based model right right
1: so right. What, oh. like in
0: layman terms what's the difference
1: so station-based model back in the days it had a tie-up with local you know kirana shops or you know vendors and everything okay. so for example uh, one of like uh we had a small you know, tie-up with the one of the local players, you know, who was into fruit and vegetables, right? Okay. Then we had a tie-up with you uh, know local grocery store. So back in the days, it operated on a different model. So we used to get an order, right? We used to uh, cater it from the nearby area and get it delivered to to the you know to the customer, right? But it's not the scalable model or you know profitable model in India. So during my itself, they started this inventory-based model. Now, okay. you know, the transaction of inventory-based model, sorry, from a station-based model to an inventory-based model is a very you know, tricky thing because grocery itself is a large number of SQs. So when I say SQs, like, you know, uh, taking up an example of uh, a SOAP, right? So mm-hmm. SOAP has a different fragrance and has a different, you know, quantity as well, right? So yeah. each of its category is called one SQ, right? And yeah. and there is a large list of SQs, right? In, in the SMGG market, right? So you okay. cannot straight away go and broker everything and at at a huge uh, you know quantity right Mm -hmm. so when we started this inventory based model it was a mixture of both so just to give a a very direct insight we used to get an order we used to check how many items are available in our inventory because as I said we slowly started building our inventory so Mm -hmm. we procure it into from our own inventory the rest item we used to you know pick up from our you know uh, associated uh, local vendors right uh, let's yeah. say if it's a uh, it's a large vendor in Ahmedabad, we used to go there we used to buy it real time and then you know combine everything uh, packet packet and you know ship it to the customer deliver it to the customer
0: great so uh, just to just to double down on that from from an sku standpoint basically what you're saying is that um, let's say there's a soap of of type a uh, which right. is available in three fragrances and six sizes so right. every fragrance and every size has a different uh, SKU yes. number yes okay. it
1: has a different SKU numbers okay right and that's and, why you know uh, you must have uh, you know keep on hearing that you know why grocery uh you know segment as a, a whole is you know very difficult to operate
0: right yeah yeah no definitely it is um, and the the I uh, just wanted to touch base on one thing that you said. So station-based model is not profitable, like not that much profitable. Is the reason right. behind it other uh, other margins basically? Because when you're fulfilling an order from a, from another sort of local shop or vendor, they are also adding mm-hmm. their margins margins, and you also have to add a margin to to make it profitable, right? So the costs really right. gets inflated is is that the reason
1: that is one of the reason the other okay. reason is the okay. end goal of each of this you know players is a private label right okay. so on, on the you know other labels uh, as you said the margins are very low so you mm-hmm. cannot you know obviously you know the cost of operations are quite high yeah. so it's never going to be you know uh, on a positive side right mm-hmm. so but but that's that's how each of these companies start with right if you take yeah. the example of current e-commerce as well right not only the hyper local right each e-commerce companies, they start with this, you know, uh, sort of a marketplace and then they have their own, you know, private labels, right? Which they slowly keep on doubling down, you know, list of categories, right? You might, uh, you know, see that a company has a private label of their own brand in X, Y, Z category, which, which they start with. And now, you know, they have a category, in, uh, they have a presence in each of this category, right? Mm-hmm. Because when they, when, when they are into, you know, direct procurement, A, the margins are slightly, uh, you know, better, I would not say very big compared to the private label, but yes, uh, when they directly procure it from the you know the manufacturers, it's quite uh, you know good on the margin side compared to the you know local procurement and then you know uh, providing it to the customers. So yes, you rightly said, uh, margins is one of the key factors um, because we we as as a country also we are you know uh, how we operate is very different, right? Uh, we might see uh, you know for example, uh, just a uh, you know different example, but very relevant example is a uh, uh, you know reverse logistics. You know, I'm just the reason I'm touching up is, is very related to this particular whole setup. Uh, okay. In India you know delivery is slightly you know the, the cost for delivery is slightly manageable compared to the you know, cost for reverse logistics. Mm-hmm. Why? Because see, if, if there's a delivery, uh, X company can you know go to a particular building and you know let's say deliver fifty to eighty orders in one particular time, right? Okay. But for reverse logistics, you don't know if if you are getting all this eighty return pickups from one particular area, right? A person needs to show up, and he might get only five, uh, you know, return pickups. That's why you know the reverse uh, costing uh, in e-commerce industry is uh, high. Mm-hmm. Uh, both because, you know, uh, the nature of industry, which we are currently into in, and the Indian customers, uh, you know, how they buy and, you know, uh, uh, utilize this whole industry mm-hmm. and B uh, from the other touch point as well, right? How this e-com, uh, how this logistic setups are there in, in the country, right? So, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. and, and, th- and that's where, you know, my point is uh, coming to, and this particular industry also, you might have seen, you know, uh, uh, e-commerce industry, e-commerce companies are, you know, relying hard on their private logistics like their own logistics. Right. Mm-hmm. So, right. So just like, you know, in hyperlocal, uh, they are, you know, relying on the private labels for, uh, you know, the e-commerce industry. If they have this bandwidth uh, they sort of, you know, try to leverage them on having their own, uh, logistics partner. Right.
0: Yeah. 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 no that's 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 a very well thought point um so just to clarify reverse logistics means returns so when right. a customer returns uh, something that right. they bought online uh, right. I, I think it's a double-edged sword because you to get that give that better experience to the customer you have to make returns possible and also keep it free Right. Um, but yeah as you said it really it really burns their bottom line because it's it's a very expensive process from a logistics standpoint yeah.
1: and, and and the reason is like you know uh, no matter how much you know you sort of try to forecast this uh it, mm-hmm. it will always have this you know spa you know spike uh, in this particular nature of it right because you don't know how many people are going to uh, sort of return right you might have some uh, numbers which is good which will help a lot obviously but yeah. at least for, for for you know, for the orders and the deliveries, you know, if you are, if you are, you know, doing a campaign of X, Y, Z, uh, you know, festival, you know, this is what you are aiming at, right? But, but you can't really think around about the, you know, uh, psychology of customers, right? What they might like it and what they might not like and return it, right? Yeah. And that becomes very difficult. Uh, uh, it becomes difficult to a standpoint, like, you know, forecasting and, you know, uh, during during this whole uh, campaign you know getting this return pickup, it's very hard right it's a very tedious yeah. and a massive process you know just I would say you know just on a uh, on a slighter note if you ever get a chance to visit any of this uh, uh, you know uh, inventories or the fulfillment center just yeah. go up if, uh, if they allow you just to you know learn a lot of things right because how the planning works at the you know groundland it's very you know a, a great learning point I would say because i've been into this industry and and you know closely seen about how people uh you know even returns in in the way in which they return right so. yeah yep
0: yeah. no i think that's that's a great notion i at one point of time i had this opportunity to visit an amazon fulfillment center in kurkau but um, somehow didn't, didn't realize i i didn't uh, i was not able to get up there and then covid happened and then, then they stopped visitors coming there so not sure right uh, when i'll get the opportunity next but yeah de- definitely something which i look forward
1: to right um, also you know one of the thing uh, i'm just touch pointing this you know expanding this point like uh, in, in, in 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 india like you know people has this notion like you know hey, x company delivered this product fast but they are yet not there to pick this order up you know the refunds are getting delayed why so yeah. it's not much of always an internal point right that's what i want to clear out right because as i said Return, you know, they need to plan out. If, if if tomorrow you are going to, you know, schedule a return, I cannot just, you know, straight up send my person and, you know, get this pickup, right? Yeah. Because it is going to be, cost me a lot, right? And B, you know, as I said, uh, e-commerce companies works in association with the logistics partner, right? So day, day in and day out, there is, you know, huge, uh, you know, action of data about what pickups are scheduled, what deliveries are scheduled. Uh, and again, I'm just talking about, you know, the two things aspect about, you know, deliveries and returns. There's the third aspect which is you know the type of uh, product right so if, if, if a product is big in nature right i cannot send a bike uh to you know pick that order right so if tomorrow exactly. you had up you know ordered up uh, let's say uh, uh this particular you know mattress from an xyz company yeah. right it got delivered because it was in a you know a folded way which most of the companies today the modern uh, you know mattresses company do yeah. but you cannot expect the same thing to, you know, the customers to, uh, you know, pack it and keep it ready. Right. Yep. So, so these are the micro touch points, which uh, the customers, obviously uh, it's not in the very mature stage still, mm-hmm. which they yeah. think that, you know, this companies are delaying it intentionally, but that's not the, always the point There are largely a lot of factors, like, you know, when you schedule this return pickup, the time of schedule, because uh, we run different batches, so it, it gets carried into a different date and, and again, as you know, assuming you should do a pickup tomorrow right
0: yeah
1: one person showed up but you are not there so it's a cost for us right I mean it's a strong cost for each of these companies yeah so uh, so all this hidden costs are already factorized but still it's a very difficult uh you know, thing to operate uh particularly about the you know customer segment uh and the you know nature of the industry itself as it is
0: Exactly. Exactly. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I think one thing which I realized while working at Amazon is that um, uh, just to make that order uh, delivered to your door the next day, like one or two mm-hmm. day delivery, it mm-hmm. takes an, it's, it's an enormous background process which happens to make that even possible. Just one delivery. Right. Or just takes from tech, from delivery, from you know, planning out, uh, you know, how would that delivery person deliver the product so that it it goes out on time. It's really a lot of effort and people work day and night just to make that happen. So definitely like e-commerce, hyper-local deliveries, these are like really challenging businesses uh, to execute on.
1: So in in a nutshell, you know, uh, um, a lot of people don't know, but you know, if one particular order is fulfilled, Mm -hmm. Uh, it can have a minimum of two, uh, you know, uh, parties involved and a maximum of, uh, I mean, not maximum, but, you know, at times, uh, you know, five to six parties involved also, right? So when I say five to six parties, example, uh, you are ordering something from a seller-based, you know, product, right? So, uh, you know, the uh, the logistics partner goes to the seller, it picks it up, it it gives it to the you know fulfillment center. Mm-hmm. Now again here the party that picked up might not be the party who is going to carry forward it to a different you know city, right? Yeah. So there can be another you know logistics partner which is you know in picture, right? So assuming uh, you know it was picked up from a seller in Delhi, you know um, brought to a fulfillment center in Delhi itself and shipped yeah. to Ahmedabad, right? Now yeah. Ahmedabad, from Delhi to Ahmedabad it was another different logistics partner, right? It can happen. Uh, and then you know the end delivery partners might be also different right right yeah. now again a logistics uh as the industry is also uh maturing a lot in india so we don't see much of it but yes we have i have done such you know sort of delivery you know fulfillments where you know we are different parties in picture when we used to uh you know do such sort of orders
0: great great i i i, I never knew that you know like more than two three four parties can also be involved so that that's... so my my
1: just just to a small example the yeah. second company that i worked was a again a bangalore-based startup okay. and we were into uh, you know um, uh, you know pick and drop services right it was uh-huh. called parcel dotting okay Initially so started with the uh you know on the notes of what Dunzo is right now okay right so you can book it something pick it up and get it delivered right hmm. the biggest uh, plus was the tech because we had a good uh you know tech about which item, which pin code it can be delivered? We used to do it different cities as well, right? But okay. uh, this was not a purely sustainable model, right? Because it was ahead of its time in in sixteen, right? Yeah. So we we had a uh, you know association what the reverse logistics as well. So we used to only do the return pickers for Maintra and Flipkart, right? Okay. So we used to get this on our on our on our tech uh, ways to get it picked up. Then we used to hand it to uh, to delivery right was another partner or we used to hand it to dhl or fedex based upon the you know the tag we got in our system right based upon the nature of this product and during this project we took a small project uh, in surat area right so surat is a uh, you know huge for this uh textile right okay yes and during the yeah the big billion days we had a small project but the project was only to you know to pick up the parcels from the different uh, small uh shopkeepers in surat and get it delivered to the flipkart warehouse right okay. so even though we were into reverse regist- uh, logistics we did this project right so we were one of the partners now the shipping partner to a different place was a different partner and the local delivery partner was a third partner right so in a particular you know a product which is you know uh, ordered to delivered i mean from right from order to deliver there are three logistics partners right so three logistics partners one e-commerce in uh, the company itself and uh, you know the fifth one is the seller right okay. so this is how you know, overall how it was but yes coming to uh, 2020 you know one things is largely matured i would say right okay. still not not at the level because we are you know uh, as a country we have a large population and we have you know different um, you know tier three tier four cities right yeah so things become very challenging but yes if if you ask me i'm very optimistic and you know i'm very happy right now where the industry is right great. today uh, if you if you're into metro you immediately get you know items which you want right and it's a big yeah. challenge right right from the procurement to traffic right yes So yes
0: no i think i think that's that's a very well uh, said statement um great thanks thanks for sharing all these examples i think uh I, Personally, I never, I never, being in e-commerce for uh, two years of my early work experience, what I, I never knew all these things, which is, which are more fulfillment related. So thanks for right. sharing that. Um, mm-hmm. One thing I wanted to touch base on was that, so you talked about multiple companies that you've worked for, uh, but right. your entire work experience has mostly been with startups. Right. Um, what makes you stick to the startup culture? Um i mean does it ever cross your mind that you know this this whole startup thing is getting a big bit on on your on my nerves i should probably look for a large company how do you think about this
1: so first thing is i i mean i have never been a you know part of a, a big uh, you know established setup right yeah exactly the reason is because uh, i i am a hard builder of two things which is you know a understand the why aspect of everything right mm-hmm and B, you know, uh, you know, learn, unlearn and relearn, Right. And this too, you know, sits at the core of the startup. Right. So yeah. a, when you, you know, in a startup, like, you know, you always think about the why aspect, right. Yeah. How and when can be figured out because it's a, you know, fast going, uh, growing, you know, work and everything. Right. But if you know, the why aspect, it, it, it sets the stone, right. And it becomes easier for you. Right. And you can, you know, pass down that learnings to the other people in your team, right? To the people you are managing, right? So A, I like that part a lot, which I myself, you know, quietly follow in my life about, you know, understanding why it is there, right? Mm -hmm. And B, as I said, learning and unlearning and relearning a lot of things, right? Because in a startup, the process that you have made, uh, you know, might not be relevant uh, because of some X, Y, Z change, right? And you have to quickly evolve, right? And for quickly evolving, you have to quickly learn, and you know try to make either small adjustments or you know a, a complete 360 degrees shift of what you have learned right so these two things you know at largely you know it gives you a lot of learning right so for example the process that we used to set up uh, it, it didn't work in the another company where you know uh, it was a logistics company but it was a SaaS based product right so there as I said you know managing people is not the same way like you're managing you're managing the people in the e-commerce industry though the, you know, sort of people are the same, right? So in in e-commerce industry, we had the delivery agents in logistics uh, SaaS product that we used to, you know, I was a part of, uh, it was a GPS product and we used to deal with the transporters. And ultimately we had to deal with the transport, like the the drivers, right? Now, one might think like, you know, the delivery agents are having this all same sort of nature like the drivers, right? But it's not the same, right? So, and you have to, you know, continuously learn about what, okay, what's coming, what might break or you know how how you can evolve and that I, I i like a lot like you know and it 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 again boils down to the you know sort of uh, i'm a very expert person i like to you know talk a lot so this these things happens you know at, at a rapid space in the startups right because you have to deal with a lot of external factors and the internal factors as well right because you are in this constant uh process of you know building 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 and shipping things right so these two things uh i can only say in a startup uh, and i like to you know set up things from the scratch right if if you give me like okay this is the process this is how it has to be done i find i find myself uncomfortable i like to take up challenges you know look into it from a different angle uh, you know set processes build things and then you know see okay how things are going out right so even though it's a challenging over a huge challenge over there i like that challenge and i take it up any day like you know and, and that's why i don't you know one of the things that i i have strictly stayed with startups and i will continue you know doing the same
0: great 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 that's a that's an excellent perspective uh thanks for thanks for sharing that um cool this brings us towards the end of the podcast i reserved the last section with three questions which are Mm -hmm. like uh not directly related to the subject but more revolving around um some interesting stuff uh which I wanted mm-hmm. to ask you. Cool. Mm-hmm. So we'll try to wrap this up quickly and we'll do sort of a rapid fire sort of round in which I'll ask you three questions and you have to quickly okay. give the, the answers. Uh, so the first question is, um, uh, I think you mentioned earlier when we were talking about the podcast that you are, I mean, you're, you're working remotely, right? So right. What, what is your dream work from anywhere location?
1: Uh, I would say mountains on any day, right, but with a good connectivity, because now we live in times where, you know, good connectivity is, uh, you know, all, almost set up compulsory. It's something like, you know, having a mobile phone. Yeah. Right. So uh, like a good connectivity, but yeah, I would prefer Indian. Uh, I have not traveled that much in India, but yes, uh, I would prefer a good, uh, you know, mountain areas for my work, uh, for the remote work that I would choose as a location. Mm-hmm. So yes, mountains on any day compared to any other area.
0: Great, great, perfect. Uh, what is one piece of advice that you would like to give to your younger self?
1: Uh, I would say take more risk and learn cross functional stuff, okay. right? You know, you might be a specialist person, but having an idea about a cross functional stuff, uh, you know, makes your legs very stronger, right? It, it gives you a, a different perspective, even though it is not directly helpful to your own role, but it helps you to think from a you know a slightly different perspective and that helps a lot right
0: great great can you give a quick example of like how can they learn like probably from right. their own sort of journey
1: right so uh as i said uh and the in the sas company that i used to work at which was you know the logistics one so yeah. it was basically a, a fleet monitor you know monitoring system so we used to set up uh, gps devices in the transporters vehicles right And I used to, you know, uh, look into operations and the key projects. Uh, So key projects were both the larger accounts as well as, you know, the partnership projects, right? So while my cold role was there, I used to, you know, uh, give myself uh, time and look into the, you know, accounts and finance as well. Mm -hmm. The reason is because if, if I knew what the numbers are there and how the numbers are there, I can, you know, try to leverage on the operational, you know, costing and other things, right? Okay. So if I knew what the top line and bottom line are, I can learn it. I can you know apply myself in the work that I can. I was doing it, and probably you know try to uh, you know uh, you know uh, do the unit economy in a more better way. Right. Obviously, I can do it in the other ways, like you know the operational excellence. But if I, if I have a larger idea about okay how the you know uh, things are on the finance part, it helps a lot. Right. And the same thing is with the sales. Right. So I was not responsible for the sales but i used to do the i used to uh, involve myself right from the you know uh, when the lead used to commit right so so that you know when we are doing a pilot project i know okay what sort of this customer is uh, you know what what bandwidth they have how big the project can go up so down the line if i have to do the operational planning i have uh, you know uh, you know knowledge in my own planning okay that this is how the customer is and this is how the maximum it can go up right so eight, this is a, 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 one of the small example, but yes, it can be in any other ways as well. Right.
0: Got it. Yeah. So in a nutshell, basically don't stick to your job description, explore stuff elsewhere as well, within the company and within your reach, um, completely.
1: Yes. Yes. The reason is because we are moving in a very fast pace. you know, life, right. Yeah. Things change at, at, at a fraction of seconds. Right. Yeah. Like more or there is something new and and otherwise what will happen is you know we will be bogged down by our own thoughts like it okay i am you know way behind then the how the at the space of the how the world operates right so the the good point is you know looking at uh and to cross functional things if you get delivered like you know some organization doesn't have that bandwidth to you know, offer you that yeah but as i said startup in the nature itself has this thing right you have to wear multiple hats and that yeah. you know gives you a lot of learnings exactly exactly
0: no, I think I think that's great. Um, the reason uh, 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 one thing that came to my mind, sorry, I'm sticking with this because I think it's a great piece of advice because a lot of times you see in organizations is that um, people would think you know if they have a different opportunity or a different task to do, like this is not my job, why should I pick that up, right? But I I think this sort of culture really doesn't thrive in the, in the, especially in the startup environment, because you have so many things to do. And on the contrary, if you see things like, okay, I'm getting this opportunity and what could I learn from it uh, by taking that? I think that's, that's a better way to, to do, to carry on with your day-to-day job uh, rather than just sticking to what you're supposed to do.
1: Right. So, so it, yes, I mean, unless until you take up a task, you don't know even if say it, it because it's a cross-functional task, obviously, you would not have that confidence, right? Yeah. But at least take it, right? The max you can do is, you know, uh, you will fail it, right? But you will learn it, right? Yeah, right. exactly. And, and once you've failed it, you know where exactly you have gone wrong, right? So you can always, you know, try to capitalize on that learning. Okay, this is what I have done wrong, right? So like i i i can clearly say like I, once i started looking in the finance part i could know i came to know okay we have this sort of bad customers right and they are trying to you know leverage around our operational challenges right where you know they would give us an order starting that okay we have this huge fleet um, they would lower down the prices uh we would start with a good number but then there was never an expansion opportunity for us right so mm-hmm. it helped me you know uh, plan out my things Okay, if if it is a sort this sort of uh, this uh, customer in this bracket range, this is the, you know, lowest I could uh, go down in my pricing, Mm -hmm. right? So on that, on that, you know, learnings, we I I created a new, uh, you know, the pricing for a different set of category itself, right? And that helped us sustain, right?
0: Got it. Excellent. Um, Great. Uh, We'll quickly move to the last question. I think this one is uh, because the overall audience of this podcast is relatively young. So I think it'd be Mm -hmm. beneficial for them. But let me take your perspective on this. So let's say there's a fresh graduate from college who has two job offers in their hand, one from a really prestigious conglomerate Mm -hmm. and other from a a prestigious or say not so prestigious, but a high growth startup. Which one should they choose uh, and why?
1: Uh, a high growth startup uh, on any given day right as i've been keep you know keep saying it the learnings you get, get it is, is largely and and the tasks that you do into day-to-day activity is, is much in i mean it's large in nature right so you learn a lot many things today tomorrow there's a fresh start you learn new things and this sort of things uh because a, it's a conglomerate you know things and processes are quietly settled down right so you don't have much of you know uh, uh, things in your hand to experiment, learn new things, right? And in the initial years, it's always good to you know run behind experience. Once you have that, you know money will follow experience, right? Yeah. And experience, you the sort of experience you get in startups, I, I would you know completely you know still even if uh, at this point of day I'm not a fresher, but I still you know would opt the startup compared to you know a, a conglomerate or a established startup. I mean. There is no wrong in those sort of companies but as far as learnings are concerned i would say this sort of uh, you know setup gives you more learnings because we discuss the same thing like you know you have to continuously evolve in terms of because you are in the phase of you know building and shipping things right and for that you have to be very you know sort of uh flexible in terms of your approach and in terms of your learnings and in terms of the tasks that you take in hand right so anyone can pick up any task, like, you know, in startup, people are not going to question you, right? You know, because it's all about getting things done, right? Exactly. So no one is going to, you know, uh, question really. Uh, it has not happened to me, like, you know, people ask questions, like, why are you looking to this task, right? Because at the end of the day, it is about getting, uh, you know, um, task done, uh, you know, um, making the product or the services, whatever you are into, better, and delighting the customer, right? Because at the end, goal has to be about the customer delight, right? great so Thank yes you. pick up a role pick up a task uh, you know uh, do it even if you fail you will have a learnings but startups on any other day
0: right perfect perfect great uh, that's a great uh, note to end the conversation thanks so much path i know you have been uh, really busy these days but thanks for taking out the time uh, i think thanks it was a wonderful conversation hey listeners Thank you for tuning in to Ad Intellect. If you have any thoughts, feedback, or suggestion about this episode or the podcast in general, feel free to drop a note on adintellect at the rate gmail.com. That is A-T-intellect at the rate gmail.com. Until next time, peace.